This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 90. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm happy to welcome Heather DeSantis to the Baller Circle. Heather is a top entrepreneur in the public relations space. She's an expert and helps entrepreneurs, coaches, nutritionists, and really what Heather does is she helps people get the one thing that every business needs, especially people who are online, which is attention. She gets them appearances on television and gets the word out about the things that they are most passionate about and helps them get in touch and have true influence in the business space. So Heather, I'm happy to have you on the show and I'm happy to, to have you come in here because I think one of the things that is interesting to me is I think a lot of people uh, in the business space are not very familiar with public relations and how powerful it is and how much it can help their businesses. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to have someone like you who can come in here and explain uh, the benefits of public relations and what you really do for your clients. My gosh. So I honestly feel that most online entrepreneurs think they're all set with building a successful online business with social media followers and a Facebook group. But if you really want to build a business and have an impact and build a business that is online and offline, you have to add PR and press to what you're doing. Because here's the thing, as entrepreneurs, we're only endorsing ourselves on Facebook through our own publicity, which is our own Facebook post. But you really need to get third-party endorsements of features on TV and podcasts and online media to build up that credibility because our market is so saturated and people really need to be endorsed by media who people trust. And, you know, people that have risen to the top fastest have built a business online and offline and offline with adding PR to what they're already doing. So let's talk about that, that, that offline piece and what that looks like, because, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of people who they're very focused on what the online aspects are, but I think they're, you know, because everyone talks about that, but they don't talk about the, the offline piece. Uh, but before we get into that, I kind of want to get into more of your story. So where, where did you grow up? What was life like? And how did you d- get into PR in the first place? Yeah, so I grew up in the Midwest in Columbus, Ohio, and I was very thankful and that I grew up in a very strong entrepreneurial family, very heavily involved in real estate. And I saw how hard they worked, but what amazing opportunities and experiences that money could bring. So because I got to really experience an amazing life as a child, you know, having support from my family from college and traveling, I knew that I wanted to create that for my family. And that really was a driving force to me for me to become an entrepreneur. And of course, uh, when my dad died of lung cancer on Christmas, and then my uncle died two years later, Um, of a stroke that really was a driving force for me to continue to be an entrepreneur and you know 
I always dreamed of being a TV anchor or TV personality my whole life. I really always got people excited about something that was having a positive change, whether it was service initiatives or being a Girl Scout until I graduated from high school. So, you know, really the mix of coming from an entrepreneurial family, losing family and wanting to leave a legacy, really loving social impact, wanting to be a TV anchor. Um, I became a um, communication major, got my degree, and then I worked for an investment company for five months. And then from there is where I literally learned everything. And I worked um, at an advertising agency where literally every week for three and a half years, um, I secured at least 35 TV and radio interviews. So because I worked for someone else and really became amazing at my craft from hundreds and thousands of hours and pitches and no's and yeses, um, it really became my mission in life to support people, to share their message with the world and really to use media for good um, by helping people understand how they can really overcome their struggles. Nice, nice. I like that. And that's super powerful because I love I love the the passion uh, that you you seem to have for this business and the understanding that you have uh, for for how much one it, it's helped your life and how it can help other people. So at what point did you realize uh, that you had, I guess, grown enough and, and develop enough expertise that you wanted to go out on your own? Um, so when I worked at the investment company, so I graduated from college and I worked at the investment company for five months and then I left and I worked at the ad agency. And when I first started working at the ad agency, um, as an intern, I started my first LLC and it actually was a clothing company. And I got it in two stores and basically what I did is I would buy clothing at a thrift store and then upcycle them to make them into rompers and headbands and just like high-end clothing that girls would love. Well, needless to say, I love the marketing piece and the human connection, but I sucked at sewing. I really made no profits and I didn't really uh, enjoy the business. And then from there, when I worked at the ad agency, um, I fell in love with new business and I learned how easy it was for me to bring in new clients and um you know when you're an entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur and you always have a side hustle so when i worked at the ad agency um for fun you know and i like to help people um i actually got involved in a network marketing company beachbody and i did that on the side but what happened is i was forced to choose between working for my employer who I was making $50,000 a year and I was the highest, I was the highest producing employee, totally obsessed with the company. Um, I had to choose between working for them or Beachbody um, where literally I was probably making like 2K a month, you know, nothing that was sustainable. Um, so when I was given the choice from my employer to choose between my side hustle of the network marketing or work 110% for them, I chose right there on the spot um, to, you know, pave my own way and figure it out. So that was really the turning point. It was June 15th, 20, June 15th, 2015, um, when I left uh, my job um, in corporate America at an ad agency. 
Nice. So I love how that date is like burned in your memory where you know exactly when it was that you left that job. Yeah. Um, so so let's let's talk about that. So when you first started out on your own, did was it what you expected? Were there some hurdles? Did things not work out exactly how you expected or, or did it just all kind of fall into place? What, what happened? What was that like? Everything fell into place and in that I built a business very organically and that in my first year, I didn't have ClickFunnels. I didn't have a website. I didn't have anything fancy. It was all through organic referrals. Uh, clients are happy. There's results for referrals. And that was such a gift. Um, so I let, so I left the agency in 2015. That August, I needed a full-time job. So I got a full-time job at Lifetime Fitness. Um, that December, I started doing freelance work for PR just to try it out. Like, so I got paid $150 per TV spot. And I'm like, oh, cool, extra cash, you know. But when I, you know, took some time um, writing some pitches for TV stations and markets that I never worked with, and I got a yes right away, I'm like, okay, I really need to be doing this. So fast forward to that April, um, I approached the first real client, if you will, that I wanted to work with. And I wrote a proposal. And then from there, organically, um, you know, I got amazing, um, you know, clients and really, you know, gradually over time, you know, like December of 2015, I got, you know, I earned $100 from PR to now it's about 40000 a month. But like, it's been a miracle of all the opportunities for clients. Um, and everything that's happened in the year. I mean, I just started running this full time um, in April, so I haven't even been running it full time. But, you know, the struggle has been um, all the shiny objects out there that people say you need to invest in that I don't think you necessarily need to do. And I'm learning all the answers are inside of me. So, what I wish I would have done is hired um, a bigger team instead of paying for all these conferences and all these products and all these things that you think are going to be a quick fix or get you passive income. But I think business is simple. And if you have a team and you're building a business of integrity and you have pure intentions and you work hard every day, I don't think it has to be that hard. Nice. Nice. I like that. So when you, when you think about your first client and then I guess even what you do with your clients now, what do you think are, I guess, what, what, are the, what are the key things that your clients come to you for? And do you have a success story that you really like where you can kind of, you know, demonstrate to the audience like this is what this person needed, this is what I did for them, and this is the kind of results they got? Yeah, so I had a client um, that before we started working together, he did a couple podcasts, small podcasts, and um, people knew him. His story is that he was a pizza boy in the streets of Chicago and was so unhappy, broke, um, spent all his free time studying the internet and Facebook ads and everything and be, truly became a, fa a Facebook ads expert. And um, he got himself on a couple podcasts, which were great. And then from there, um, because I did my research and I planned big marketing campaigns for clients, I created this amazing uh, social media day campaign for him where he did three TV segments. He did all these radio segments um, and podcast interviews. And then because of all that, 
I was able to use it for leverage to get him in Business Insider two times in the same week, which then allowed him to have an opt-in into that article, um, even to, um, you know, in January, um, I helped a client um, do 50 interviews for anti-sex trafficking month, and then I had another client who did a very big Kickstarter campaign for their um, tech app company, and they did 30 interviews. So, I mean, it's definitely, the thing about media is a lot of people are like, oh, I just want Forbes, or I want the Huffington Post, and that's great, or just, oh, I want a podcast interview, and one and done, but it really needs to be something that you make a priority and you realize you can't be a one hit wonder. Hmm. I like that. Now I know that you also help a lot of your clients, uh, get on TV. Um, what, what is that like? And, mm-hmm. and I guess, who is that right for? So TV is really right for, I mean, anyone here's the, the ROI and the benefit of TV is that you can use a TV segment to run traffic to on Facebook that and a photo of you on TV, the social currency and value of that when people are trying to make a decision of who to follow is worth so much. So really anyone who has a story, um, anyone who wants to be seen as truly an expert and it's really cool because you can really rest the top very quickly by going on your local ABC, CBS, NBC, or Fox. And then from there, you can start getting bigger opportunities, bigger speaking engagements, et cetera. Hmm. Okay, I like that. So with you and and your clients, typically what's your process when you first meet someone, figuring out like what, what does this person need and how do you, I guess, tailor your approach to them? What, what questions do you ask? What's, what's that process like? Well, so the first question I normally ask is like, okay, if Oprah called you tomorrow, what do you want to be known for? Um, and then from there, what we do is we really figure out, um, you know, what what do you want to be known for? What's your expert title? Um, if you are an Oprah, what are the three to four things that you want to talk about? And then from there, we align your messaging with what's going on in the world, national news and relevancy. So right now it's Christmas, it's the holidays, and it's New Year. So people are stressed about finances and it's New Year's resolutions. And those are things that what we do for our clients is we take your messaging and then we align it with relevancy and national news. Okay. So when you do that and you, I guess, align that with the relevancy in the national news and you put all those packages together, is there a certain, I guess, frequency or, or length of time you typically work with clients before they see some sort of results? Is it usually immediate? What, what, what kind of expectations should, should clients have? So clients normally start getting interviews um, within the first week. Because I worked at an agency um, and I secured 35 interviews per week, Really, my focus is ensure is to ensure first and foremost we really have a strong messaging, and then from there, um, get them amazing results in the first month to really build up their confidence and excitement. Okay, and so when you when you think about uh, I guess the biggest problems that people we were talking earlier about you know people being online focusing 
completely on online things and not focusing on offline. Um, do you think there's even more opportunity offline? Is it equal opportunity? What's what's kind of that balance between uh, you know the online versus offline efforts? Um, I think that people are totally missing out on supporting their local market because the online world is so saturated with coaches that I would argue that if you spent a little bit more time allowing yourself to do local media, to speak, to go to networking events, to really target your target audience, I really think you would have more success. So I think you need online and offline because we know that the online world has so many people doing the same thing. Now, do you do you have clients that go the other way? Let's say they're they're offline right now and they want to go online and they want your help to to give them build them an online presence. No, I would say most people I serve are either online entrepreneurs or traditional companies and or food brands that also have an online presence too. But okay. I feel like most people start online unless they're a traditional brick and mortar mom and pops place that have been around forever, but they want to start adding in social media. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So typically with a client, if someone comes to you, um, usually with their business, is there uh, a, a like the a big, um, I guess, misunderstanding that they have about PR that that you would like to correct correct in in the I guess in the industry? Like, do so people misunderstand the value um, of PR? So, because here's the thing: if you are struggling getting clients and you're struggling to feed yourself, you should like not even consider PR. PR does not equal sales. Absolutely does not. PR equals influence, it equals credibility. When you've been featured on all these media platforms, you can increase your costs because you're of higher value to them, but you can't think if you're on TV, you're gonna get a new client. But what you do do is you take the media and use that as social currency and relevancy of influence on social media and then physically drive traffic to your media to then um, make a sale. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So then at what point, I guess, would you say, or I guess really who's your ideal client? What, what, what I guess, level of success or what kind of components do they already have in their business before you can really help them? Here's the thing, I can help, I can help really help anyone. If in fact they're coming from pure intentions and they have a message to share with the world, because I have a course that can teach you how to get on TV in less than 30 days. And like literally anyone can follow my proprietary process and get on TV in less than 30 days. Um, but beyond that, it's really entrepreneurs who have already built a successful multiple six figure, seven figure business. Um, and really want to be seen. But if it's someone who really just enjoys sharing their message and enjoys being interviewed, then it really doesn't matter what stage you are in your business because you are coming from a place of value and you really just enjoy doing media for the process. Okay. So let's say someone's out there and they haven't quite figured out what their message is. They haven't quite figured out what their voice is. Do you, do you also help them develop that? 
So I do everything from figuring out who they want to be on national news to their messaging, to writing the content, to getting them ready, doing the media campaign. It's a very um, synergistic relationship. Okay. So in that process of, of someone trying to get, I guess, understand their message, um, what, 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 what do you do? Like, how, how do you get that out of them? Um, are, are there a certain key questions that you ask or so, exercises that you have? Yeah. So what I do is um, I have them, first of all, like if Oprah called them, what do they want to be known for? And then I have them reflect on their life and reflect on all of the major key things that they've gone through as a person that have made them be the entrepreneur that they are today. That's so important. Today, I was doing a coaching call and people said their messages and what they want to be known for and different things in their life that are huge things that they need to talk about because it's human connection brought them to why they're passionate about their business. Okay. I like that. So with you, the PR industry, I mean, I feel like it's a space that's got a lot of, uh, powerful, you know, agencies in the, in that space, a lot of other people doing this sort of work. How do you stand out in that marketplace and, uh, and, and make sure that, uh, you stay on top of the best practices in, in, in the PR industry? Yeah, uh, first and foremost, there are a lot of agencies that you'll pay a retainer for, and they'll, they, their, their metrics is saying this is what we did, like these are the things we did this month, but instead we focus on these are the black and white deliverables. Success this month is 15 interviews, so we're very numbers- um, and quantitative base for all of our success. So that's the one thing we deliver for all of our clients and it's our obsession and we keep working until we honor our work. Okay. And what, what do you do to stay on top of, uh, I guess, the, the, the latest and greatest uh, things in PR that you can help your clients with? Yeah, so I um, have Google Alerts set up. Um, so I... I can stay up to date on all of the latest trends, which I think people need to do for their industry. But also, too, I am getting very connected to industry events. I'm speaking at one actually this week, but industry events and organizations um, to stay updated on the industry. Okay. Okay. I like that. Well, Heather, uh, I'm really happy to have you come and do this interview because I think, you know, like we were talking about before, a lot of people are not very familiar with PR. They're not very familiar with how powerful it can be. And there, a lot of these, a lot of people who are online uh, are not really focused on the benefits of, of what they can accomplish offline. Um, so I want to know before we close out, how can the Baller Circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business and uh, the services that you can provide? Yeah, so you definitely can follow me and message me on Facebook at Heather DeSantis. And you can email me too. Anything I can do to support you, it's just Heather at DeSantisPR.com. Okay, perfect. Well, Heather, thanks a lot and uh, have a great week. Thanks for being awesome and joining us on another episode of the Internet Ballers Podcast. Be sure to listen next week where I'll be sharing another story of yet another inspiring internet baller. 
In the meantime, you can check out the blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>